Good morning. The coffee is hot. Everybody's happy. That's good. That's a good start. I'm so glad that you made a choice to be here this morning. I know that choice will pay off. Wonderful time of worship. And if you didn't know my name, my name is John Miller. I'm the pastor here. I've been gone for a week and people said, oh my goodness, pastor, last week, Mark brought it and did a great job. And Gwen and I agree, we were on vacation, but we were watching it online. Uh, you hear people say they watch church online, but do they? John and Gwen did last week. And uh, we, were, we were cheering you guys on and, and uh, also, of course, cheering Mark on. And uh, he did a very good job. And uh, Gwen and I were able to get away for a couple, uh, well, 10 days. And while we were gone, we just got some rest. And uh, I, I didn't even know her middle name was Kay. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it was a fun time to be a, a, away and with her and, and, uh, and just, just have some time of rest. This morning, um, we have a special speaker. Her name is Gwen K. Miller. And Gwen is going to bring the word in a few seconds. And uh, I, I'm just privileged to, to have her as my wife. And uh, some people say, Pastor, you ought to let her speak more often. She ought to preach more often. And she does every week to me. So she keeps her, her skills up. And uh, a lot of times what I preach, we talk about it ahead of time, and, and she's throwing in uh, additives, and we're, we're going back and forth. And uh, this, this week while we were gone, she was preparing for it at, at some times that we had designated that she could do that. And uh, then when, when this morning she got up, she was ready to go, let me tell you. So she always tells me, John, when you get up to introduce me, be quick, because you're taking my time. <laughs> So let's give her a hand today as she comes to speak. It's good to see you. We're glad to be back um, with our church family today. Um, I can't think of a place I'd rather be on a Sunday. So it's, it's good to be with you. Let's jump into God's Word. I'm so excited to share with you what he's laid on my heart today, and I know it's for you as well. That's the great thing about his word is it, it spans our lives. No matter your situation, circumstance, you, you, there's many circumstances across this room today. It matters not. God has a word for you today. So let's pray and begin. Father, we just open our hearts to you. Would you just right where you sit say, I'm open, Lord. Speak to me. Lord, right where we sit, right where we are today, we ask you to speak a fresh word to us. Lord, your word is always alive, active, operative, and energizing, but we're often not receptive. So I just pray that any barrier in the house would be removed and that we would receive the living, breathing word of God uh, into our lives and may it change us in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to speak to you today about how God is our provider. Now, many of us, if we've been in church for years or um, around Christian people, we may know of Jesus as our Savior. You know, there are some denominations, that's all they preach. Every week you'll hear about Jesus dying on the cross, and it is the core truth to our salvation, to who God is, that he redeemed mankind. But there is so much more. Today I want you to leave at the end of this service and have a newfound faith in his provision for you. That God is not only your savior, he is your provider. There's so many things that he is to us. He's our healer. He's our friend. He's our father. The Bible even talks, there are places where the Bible talks about him as our mother. Mom's in the house. Anybody in the house, you know, you, you really love, you know, dad was awesome growing up. But when things were tough, you wanted to hear what mom had to say. You wanted to be uh, up close to mom. He, he is anything that you need him to be. So today I want you to expand your thinking. And will you do this? Because I can promise you, you might just want to go ahead and just, in your mind, put on your seatbelt. Because the Word of God, as I began to study, John and I were talking, as he said, about this concept. And um, he said something to me. He said, Gwen, 
we need to come up. We need to come up in our, in our own lives. And we just recommitted to each other. We've got to come up in our level of faith where God being our provider is concerned. God wants to take this church to a new place. We have to come up. You see, our, our reception of the things of God is not based on his goodness. He is good. Our reception on the things of God and receiving in our lives, there's often barriers. There are barriers. We don't believe he's that good. No, we don't say that. We're not going to say that to each other because Christians don't talk like that. But in our heart of hearts, we often get moved from the fact because we look at our circumstances and we look at our pocketbook. I'm not asking you to believe what's in your pocketbook or what's in your bank account. Go, don't go Googling and, and looking up your, your uh, bank site right now and say, is my bank account changing? It changes first in here, and then it changes on the outside. That's the principle of coming to church and hearing the word of God over and over and over. Faith comes by hearing, not by what you heard. Maybe you're here for the first time today. You haven't been in church since you were a child. There's a little catching up to do because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. And the word of God that excites you when there's energy on the inside, you don't have to dance around like you saw me on the front row today. You don't have to be all expressive. But the word of God that gives you an, a jump on the inside is the word that will work for you. So if you've become complacent, again, it's our responsibility to stir ourselves up in the Lord. You know, I appreciate a great worship team, but if they get up here next week and it falls flat, the lights go blinking and the, everything goes uh, mute, we're going to stir ourselves up in the Lord. I don't need Lisa. You know, I appreciate her. I appreciate the whole team. She and I go way back, so I can say this. Don't worry about her feelings. But I don't need that in my life. You and I need to come to a place where the Word of God is the very foundation. He is our provider. Let me get started. I'm going to read to you. Did your mom ever, maybe dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, maybe you've done this for your own children, just read the Bible, just read, read a Bible story. I'm not going to put this up on the screen because there's several verses and I don't want you chasing around and I want it just to wash over you for a minute. Ready? Because this is the basis of what we're going to talk about today as God being our provider. You see, he reveals himself in this passage as Jehovah Jireh. It is one of the compound names of God that he gives us that tells us about his very nature, the very character of God. I'm not talking about what someone experienced. I'm talking about a Bible fact. You see, there are promises that you and I can take, and you'll hear promises today. Take them. Take them for yourself. But it takes a while for those promises. It might be a few days. It might be in the next hour or so. But for those promises to be fulfilled, what I'm talking to you about today out of Genesis 22 is a Bible fact. That's different from a promise. It is already proven that God is our provider. Now, you may be sitting there today and thinking, I wish my daughter was here to hear this. I wish so too. But the fact is, we can't, this, this is not God is your provider. Notice, God is their provider. God is a provider. This is a personal word. This is for you today. God is my provider. And so that's how he reveals himself in this passage of scripture. Let me read to you. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him along with his son Isaac. I want to show you something about this man that um, we will see God work an amazing miracle in his life. Abraham is called our father of faith, but his response mattered here, right? He got up the next morning when God told him to do very, something very difficult, and that was to offer his son to give up his dream child. Now, how could Abraham do this? Abraham had already had, had already received a promise that I will give you a son, you and Sarah will have a son, and he will be a great nation. So why is Abraham able to do this? You might all be thinking, oh, I could never do something like that. If you get a word from God, you can do anything. 
You know, you may be thinking, how can someone make it? You're looking at your friends or whatever. They just had this horrible tragedy. How can they make it? How can that person, if you have a word from God, you can make it through anything. I'm going to say that again because I want it to settle in. Go there in your mind. How, how bad do you want it to be in your head? Go there in your head because he is your provider. He is your provider. He can be your provider no matter what, not barring nothing. He is my provider. So the next morning, God, Abraham got up early. He responded quickly to the voice of the Lord. He trusted him. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him and his son Isaac. Then he chopped the wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey. Abraham told his servants, listen to this. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there, and then we, we will come back. You see, Abraham, if you go to the book of Hebrews, there's a place in Hebrews where it says, Abraham was ready to offer Isaac because he fully knew God would raise him up. You, you, there's nothing in your life that you can encounter that he does not go before. God knows in advance what you're going to face. Before you were born, he made provision for you. He is my provider. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, while he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them walked on together. Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where's the sheep for the burnt offering? See, this young man had seen his father offer sacrifices many times, but never like this, never without the ram or the sheep or whatever they were using. He had never not seen the sacrifice, but he trusted his father. His, his father says to him, don't you worry. In verse 8, it says this, God will provide. God will provide. Would you say that with me? God will provide. I want you to think about your situation. What are you encountering? Is there a barrier in your life? Ready? Let's, let's say that again. God will provide. Some of you may encounter circumstances before the day is out that will counter and contradict what I just read you. Which will be your truth? God will provide. There's no evidence yet. Abraham and Isaac are just going forward, taking the next step. But Abraham said, God will provide. God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood, and Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. Do you remember what Abraham said to Isaac back when Abraham Little Isaac says, where's the sacrifice? He said, God will provide. And then here they are. They're ready. And, and God says, don't, don't harm the boy. And what's in the thicket? So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yirweh, or as some versions say, Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. That is one of the very names of God, and you'll see it through Scripture, that God champions that as one of his leading compound names that tells about his nature and his character. It's who God is, not just what he does. I want to go a little bit deeper today. You know, um, maybe you've, you've heard some traditional thinking. Um, you know, you may have heard some things like, well, God will meet your wants, but he's not going to really take care of, he'll meet your needs, but he won't take care of your wants. The opposite. He, he sees your needs, but he doesn't give you everything he wants. That's unbiblical. 
That's unbiblical. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Maybe you've, you've seen in the New Testament, Mark eleven twenty four. Whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. So desires, wants, you know, God is your provider. He wants good things for you. I'm here to knock us off a religious platform where we often are trying to be conservative in some way to protect God's reputation. He is your provider. He's plenty big. I will tell you, historical Bible fact, Abraham died a, a multi-billionaire. He, he was wealthy. He experienced extreme health and provision in his own body. He lived to be well past 100 years. Our biblical theologians could tell me the exact age. But he experienced greatness in his life. He experienced God as his provider. Look at that word provider. Do you see, the, do you see pro at the front? What does that mean? It means before. That's what we saw happen in the scripture. God went before Abraham. And so you've got some things maybe on your horizon and you're thinking, I didn't know I would be here financially. I didn't know I would be here in my life with this much destruction in my family. Pro means before. Vider, we, we could say provision. Vision means what? Seeing. God sees before. You might be in a situation today and you think, I never thought I'd be here. It's okay. He knew. He is your provider. He is your provision. He goes before and makes a way. It's not up to us to figure things out. You know, I appreciate the fact that I have, um, you know, my brain working and I have the common sense to walk across the room without staggering. I appreciate everything that is logical. However, today I'm talking, talking to you about spiritual concepts and oftentimes what will happen is there will be something like a yes down on the inside went up. In your head, there's all kinds of things that don't make a bit of sense. That's an okay place to be in. If God is your provider and he sees ahead, you didn't have to see ahead. You don't have to see ahead. Whenever you find out that you're in a situation, maybe you get a medical bill you weren't expecting, what you want to say out your mouth right away is God will provide rather than getting into logic. He is my provider. He's lavish, actually, and extravagant. You know, he's not conservative. You know, maybe you are, and it could hurt your feelings because we like it when God's like us, you know? But what we want to do is we want to aspire to be like him. So if we like it and we think we're being really wise when we're pinching our pennies and we see a family member in need and we're, we're like, oh, I better not help them. It's good for them. To, to, to learn maybe the hard way. That's not a scripture. It's good for them to learn the hard way. That's not in the Bible. How about this one? Well, I made my bed hard. Now I've got to lie in it. Not a scripture. Not a scripture. I made my bed hard. Now I guess I better lie in it. I'm asking you to look up passages on the mercy of God. If you made your bed hard, you don't have to lie in it. Not when you follow Jesus. Not when you have a provider, not when you have somebody that's bigger than you, that can think bigger than you. I'm asking you to lift your sights. I want the Lord to redeem some things in your life today as you look to him as your provider. So if you've messed up today and if you've blown it, would you look at the screen today at Psalm 145? It says, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all. Yes, all. If you have a wayward child today, take this passage and renew your mind. You might be aggravated and irritated with them. God's not. God's not. It's not too late. He's not tired of them. He's not tired of you. He's not tired of your problems. He's not tired of the financial situation that you may be in. He is merciful and good to all. And his tender mercies are over all his works. That includes you. How about this one? God delights in showing mercy. You know, if I were to go to your house today, I could figure out what delighted the lady of the house. If she collects antiques, you might see some around the house. You might see a certain color scheme because she delights in that. What we're seeing when we read Micah 17, uh, 7 verse 18, God delights in showing mercy. That's just what he likes. He enjoys it. 
You're, you're not a problem for him. If you've got issues and things in your life, God delights in showing mercy to you. L- let me just say this. Maybe if you've, you're in a situation where you don't have mercy for the people around you, you're, you're just, they're on your last nerve. Meditate the word of God on mercy. Because what happens when you meditate the word of God on mercy is it becomes you. That character of God will come right into you. If you're out of patience, irritated, remember, God delights in showing mercy. And you can say that of yourself. And so do I in the name of Jesus. It's amazing how his word works. I want to go a little further and talk to you about his abundance. If we believe, I had to first set the stage about how he is our provider. Now we can talk about abundance. Are you ready? Strapped in? Because, you, you know, sometimes religious thinking has muddled our mind, and we think that God is holding out on us just because we're not receiving something. See, Jesus died for the whole world. Are they all saved? No. They're not all receiving it. You receive what you have faith to believe for. <clears throat> Otherwise, if people just cussed and 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 said awful things about God, if God was just raining down things by anybody that complained and was irritated and aggravated, it would be a twisted system. You know, people could just say all kinds of manner of things out their mouth, and the blessings would rain down. That'd be strange, because then there's more money in the hands of evil people, or more prosperity and health in the hands of evil people. But he works based on our faith and our love and trust in him. That's how the system works. That's what we want to tap into. You're already way ahead of the game. You came to church today. You're putting him first during the week. May the Lord bless you. Let's, let's look at his uh, abundance. Major mind renewal here. A couple of years ago, John spent, I don't know, it seemed like all year long, we heard something from John 10.10. He'd go on and preach something else, and then he would slide in something from John 10.10. I want to look at that verse here today. It'll really be a blessing and a sweet memory for those of you that have been a part of the church in the last few years. The Bible says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, these are Jesus' words. I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Look at that, more abundantly. It's it's a bit excessive. In fact, if you go back to the original Greek, it actually means more abundantly means beyond measure, exceeding, excessive, excessive. Do you need, need a little more proof about God being an excessive God? When he created the heavens and the earth, he set something in motion that the expanse of the universe is still beyond what we can see in a telescope. He could have created 12 stars. There's more stars than we can count. There's more stars than we can see with technology. He's an excessive God. Oh, I want to be like that. Can you imagine? Let, let's think a little further. He, he could have created three kinds of fish in the sea. Have you ever been snorkeling? Ever seen, you know, a a YouTube video underwater? It's amazing. The colors, orange, purple, turquoise, fish. It's absolutely amazing. He is an excessive God. He could have created four or five kinds of trees. Did you know they are still discovering new genuses? of trees. There's more kinds of trees than we know about. He's an excessive God. He's a good, good God. God is my provider. That's who we're talking about. Someone who's excessive. Someone who's expansive. I want to go to Psalm 23 today, and I want you to look at it with me. We're going to tear this apart a little bit, dissect it, and look into God's Word. I love it. Love, love, love His Word. Um, You know, lies have been told about God about how he is conservative and how he is not lavish. Um, and again, that comes from humans. We get tired. We get exhausted. We don't want to maybe help the next person that needs help in the family or whatever. And we, come, we may come up with all of these things to identify who we think God is, but those are lies about him. I just told you creation speaks against that. The fact that we saw in, in Genesis 22, that God provides and sees way in advance what we need. He is a God of blessing. You're going to see that in Psalm 23 right here. Now, please don't read this with, uh, maybe you've heard it a number of times, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I already know Psalm 23. I don't have to look up there. I know all that. I want you to look with fresh eyes. That's what you've got to do with the Word of God. And if your body gets lazy, 
Sometimes this happens in my Bible reading. I'll be like, oh, yeah, I've read this before, and I, I find myself in the natural skimming it, and I, I kick my own self in the seat of the pants and say, no, 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 girl. This is the living, breathing Word of God. Back it up. Read it out loud. Stand up in your living room and pace the floor if you've got to because it matters how I receive his word. It matters how, how I accept what he's saying to me. Psalm 23 says this. What a loved, beloved, uh, familiar, precious passage. The Lord is my shepherd. I can barely make it week to week. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't know what I'm going to do next. No, that's not what it says. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. John and I raise longhorn cattle, and we have some cattle out on 50 acres that we own uh, near Bowie. And we love going out there, and sometimes we'll pack a picnic or whatever. And when we uh, come across the, the horizon there, we're coming over a hill, we look first things, and John will say, uh, they're standing up, or if we notice that they're lying down, you know what that means? That usually happens in late spring. When they're so full, the grasses come in, and they're so full, they're just, they cannot hold any more, and they're just laying down. It's a sweet, sweet sign to see. Well, think about that today. God makes me lie down in green pastures. I'm so full. Maybe, maybe you're here today and you're thinking, wow, I've never experienced what you're talking about. What is abundance for for the Christian? Abundance for the Christian is to share. Abundance for the Christian. What's the purpose of abundance? Is God wasteful? Never wasteful. But he is a God of excess. He is a God of abundance because you and I ought to be blessing others. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. John recently took us through a series on the principles of the highway, the laws of the highway, and how staying on God's path and doing things his way according to the word reaps great benefits. That's a testimony to what this passage is talking about here. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. What do you know about that word soul? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Maybe you're here today and your mind has just been filled with all kinds of torment. Your soul is not at rest. Your emotions, you don't have the energy to get up and do what you need to do on a regular basis. That's an attack of the enemy on your life. I know sometimes people say, well, that's, that's just because, you know, life is tough. It, it is tough. But that's an attack of the enemy on your life. If it is difficult for you to get up and get going the next morning, we, we all have bad days, but God wants you to live in a place of energy. He is your provider. He restores your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions to do the right thing and behave in the right way. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Okay, are you there? Here we go. We're ramping it up. The Bible says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Some passages say, my cup runs over. Let me ask you this. Does God know when the cup is full? Couldn't it have said, he fills my cup? And we all just would have said, yay, he fills my cup. No, he's excessive. He overflows my cup. I want to read to you from Romans. Romans um, chapter 8 says this. <clears throat> he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things to enjoy? If he did not withhold his very son from you, he certainly is not opposed to you getting a new car. If he did not withhold his own son, his precious treasure, he certainly doesn't have a problem with you getting a, a house. A house, a car, what do you need? He 
is my provider. He's bigger than we've given him credit for. He's expansive and excessive and liberal, generous and lavish with his children. Hallelujah. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Doesn't he know when the cup is full? Yes, he does. Doesn't he know it's going to make a mess and it's going to leak out all over the table and down on the floor? He likes it. He's an excessive good, good God. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I'd like you to read that out loud with me, would you? Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Let's go on. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's get used to the fact that God is lavish because we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and walk on streets of gold with gates of pearl Good, good, lavish Father. He is my provider. You know, where it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I'm past 50 now. And this means more and more to me as the days go by because I'm surrounded by people my own age and they see things like this. Oh my goodness, I just got pain everywhere I go. Now, I don't, I don't say anything back to them, you know, I'm not going to say anything, but I don't want that, you know. And the older we get, you guys in that room, you're, you know it, you go to work and you go out in the community and you hear people your own age bracket and then I'm like, what do I have to look forward to? Nothing in the natural, but I want to look to God for super natural ability in my aging years that when I am moving you know I can't remember a thing anymore oh no that is not my confession my truth is he renews my youth my I have the mind of Christ I think in a way that is alert and you know oftentimes the enemy's easy way into access into our lives if he can get us to laugh about something then we become acceptant of that thing it's happening all around us in culture if we can just foo-foo things and all these things are just so funny you know I just can't help myself all I have to do is look at a donut and I gain 10 pounds you're not going to get me to say that out my mouth like I said, I, I'm, I'm wanting to increase more and more in the things of God. And that, ladies and gentlemen, when we talk about surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, there is no place, no season in your life. Are you raising teenagers? His goodness and mercy are there for you. Are you in a situation in your life where you have a health challenge? You're having challenges. His goodness and mercy are enough for you. They shall follow you, chase you down. They're coming after you. His goodness and his mercy. Earlier today, Justin mentioned to everyone, you know, if you've come in here with shame or just a sense of heaviness, God wants to release that from you, and he wants to, to, to deliver you from that heaviness. Here is a passage that you can take with, me, with you and know that his goodness and his mercy are on my life. They're for me today and every day. So I, I want to ask you then, at, with everything that I've shared with you today about God being our provider, what is the, the issue? Why oftentimes does our life look so much differently than what we see in God's word? First of all, it's always going to be that way because his, his ways are higher and higher. I don't care if you're here today and you're a multi-millionaire. There's something else for you in, in the kingdom of God. He's bigger than that. He's got some great, great things for you. So in all the other areas of our life, just get used to it. God's word is to stretch and expand us so that where we are today, February the 13th, as we talk and we take these words and we make them part of our lives, then by December 31st this year, things don't look the same as they did when we heard the word that came forth on February 13th about the expanse, the provision of God. So if you're sitting there today and you're thinking, my life is not where I want it to be, that's okay. That is okay. That's a great place to be in. You know, as humans, we have an amazing ability to learn. So for you to hear this, this truth today and be even a little bit 
uncomfortable about where your own situation is, is a great place to be in. You just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You've shown me that you do have something more for me. Maybe you've been wondering, why am I living so frustrated? Because God has something better for you. He wants to open up a new pathway for you that you never thought possible. So, I want you to just dare to believe with me. I want you to do a couple of things as we close today. I want you to determine what your action steps are going to be based on what you heard about God being your provider, about how he is an abundant, lavish God. What would your action steps be? It could be that you take some of these passages and you print them out and you put, I'm I'm telling you, this is what, what we Millers do. We print them out and we put them on our mirror or on the refrigerator We put passages of scripture there so that we go back and renew our minds and revisit these things. Because it could be that tomorrow something comes your way and it'll try to knock you off course from what you heard in the word today. A big bill comes across your path. You're angry. I thought thought God was my provider. Watch what comes out your mouth. Instead, declare, you are my provider. Uh, what is the, the barrier or the, uh, the, the, I guess the dichotomy when we see what is provided in God's word and we don't see it in our lives? Oftentimes, it is the fact that we're not confessing, or we could say it this way, praying his word. You see, his word is final authority and it's settled in heaven, but you have to settle it in your life. He has to be your provider. You have to determine, yes, Lord, I take your promises and I believe what you say about you being full of mercy, grace, about you being a God that is generous. I believe that above my circumstances. That could be one of the things in the dichotomy for you. So what is it that you need to do? Sometimes it might be as we saw with Abraham. He needed to take an action step. If he hadn't taken an action step, I guess God would have had to have chosen someone else because what Abraham did when he stepped up and said, yes, I will offer Isaac, he gave God a legal right to offer his son because a man of faith, you know, God's not going to be superseded by any human. And so he's not going to ask you to do something in your life. Is he asking you to tithe? Maybe you see Abraham is a covenant man. He's a covenant man. Abraham paid tithe to Melchizedek. So there are certain principles, as John has been teaching, certain principles in God's word that just work. They work for you or they can work against you. It's not that God created them to work against you, but it just stands to reason that if we don't do things God's way, we don't get his results. We don't get his blessings. But Abraham was a covenant man. And what does a tithe payer do? They pay tithe on the front end of their income, 10%, trusting God will make, help them make it the rest of the month. Abraham was willing to take his son to offer him, trusting that God would raise that child up based on a promise. What action step could it be that you need to be taking in your life? Maybe it's in an area of health that God's speaking to you as you're sitting there and you're thinking, you know, if God is my provider, why am I sick all the time? Take God's passages, take the words of God that he's given us in scripture on him being your healer and begin to look at those every day. How does your spirit grow? Through the eye gate, through the ear gate. That's how things get in your heart. When you look at something, so this is how we want to be careful as Christians, guard what we look at. When we look at something, when we hear something over and over, those things become a part of how we think. That's why when I'm speaking to you about God being lavish and God your provider, something goes off on the inside, and maybe you haven't heard that in a while, and it expands your thinking. We want to be careful about the things we put in our eyes, ears, and let go down in our heart because it creates our belief system. So that's what you and I want to do if we're here today, and I don't want you just to leave excited. I love it that you leave excited. I love it that your faith is built for the next couple hours. But what we have to do is live this thing. I want my life to look like this. I want to be so blessed that I always have enough to provide aid or support for someone else that needs it. God wants to take you from where you are to where you'd like to be. Would you stand with me today? Maybe you're here today and God has spoken specifically 
I'll just say this. He has. You might be thinking, well, is that me? Is that God? If it's big, if it's good, it's him. What has he spoken to your heart today to believe him for? He is your provider. I'm going to pray over you today, and I want you to agree when I pray. I want you to say amen in your heart. Say it out your mouth. Amen to that. I receive that. You could say this as you're standing there. That's for me. Respond to his word today as we pray. Father, I just thank you, first of all, that you are just so big. You're so big and so expansive. We dare, as a church, to step up and believe and trust what we see in your word, that you truly are a God that sees beforehand, that you see in advance, and you provide in advance. There's not a situation in our life that surprises you. In the name of Jesus. I, I, I don't know if you're here today. I, just, I feel like I need to pause. God is not surprised by that divorce hear me? He loves you, and you are not a failure. God's not surprised by that divorce. Thank you, Jesus, for, for just confirming the fact that you are good. Lord, I thank you that there's no failure in the house, no bankruptcy in the house that supersedes your vision, your provision. You see ahead. You can restore. You go before us. You come behind us. I pray blessing on every person in the house. Lord, those that are here today, and maybe you've spoken to their heart about a situation. Lord, I just pray wisdom. I ask you for wisdom and guidance in that way, that you would just lead ahead. Lord, I just thank you that you have given us new hope. New hope. Lord, I, I sense faith rising in this place today. Faith rising based on who you revealed yourself to be. Our provider. Our abundant supply. So, we thank you for it. We receive it. Would you just lift your hands right now across the building? Lord, thank you. Thank you that you're providing for us, that you are a God who sees ahead. You have good things for your children. You are a good, good God. We thank you for that today, Lord Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Just real quick, let's give Gwen a hand. Wasn't that a blessing? Mm. You know, before we dismiss, I want to just, you know, God has spoken to you in some way. You know, when she told uh, the part about knocking us off our religious platform, remember we've talked about our belief system is based, what, what we put our belief system, we make choices out of that belief system. And then out of those choices, those choices put us in experiences. There's times in our life where we hear something that's different and we go, well, my experiences aren't like that. I want us to challenge our experiences. It's not the Word of God. Put your foundation, your belief system, on the Word of God. That's what Gwen was bringing out today about God being our provider. Our culture, our world will push against that and say no. Matter of fact, that people will say that are not part of the church, if, if you believe that God is your provider or a blessing God, that, that there's something wrong with that. And so what we do, if we're not careful, is we start listening to that and putting our faith in them. That's not the Word of God. So, so let me encourage you again that as we understand that God has been faithful to us and blessed us in so many ways, I, I'm telling you, God has blessed John Miller and the Miller family. I mean, th there, is, there is no way that I get to where I am by the wit or the intelligence of John Miller. It's by listening to the voice of God. Now, now, let me encourage you. In a little bit, we're going to be dismissed, and we're going to give you an opportunity to give in the offering. And, and let me give you a quick announcement. On Saturday the 26th, the men will have a breakfast at 8 o'clock. You're invited, men. Okay, now let me tell you something else. We're raising money for, for different areas in our church. One is a, a new drum set. Uh, if you notice, the drummer has to bang on those electric drums harder just to get them to work. I, I think that's how it works. Anyway, so we want a new set of drums. We're asking for your support.
Also, we're asking to give to Cambodia as one of our missions outreach. Uh, a couple that sit just right here, back just right on the other side of the, uh, behind John Taylor, sitting right here, Alex and Nettie. I don't know if that is a reserve seat or what, but nobody's sitting in there since they've left. But anyway, Alex and Nettie are are for a few months. Uh, she's from Cambodia. They go back and they're missionaries to Cambodia. He texted me this week. And it was on Thursday, he goes, oh, he says, he says things like this, Pastor, God is doing things here. He says, just today, 10 to 13 people accepted the Lord at the end of the service. He says, the Holy Spirit is moving. He says, I, I can tell you, over, we, we count over 30 over just the last several days, he says, have come to the Lord. And then he goes on and he ends it like this, I feel like we're sitting on a keg of TNT just where they're ministering in Cambodia. One of the things that we're trying to raise money for, that we're giving all those that have experienced the, the blessing of your cup being full and overflowing, and that, that's me. I'm going to give in this. But one of the areas is not just the drums, but also to this uh, mission in Cambodia as they're teaching and training leaders to be even small group leaders all through these villages. Uh, and one of those is the children of that area love Alex and Nettie and the children's ministry that they all pulled together. And, and hopefully next week I'll have the video. He sent me a video and, and the children pulled all their money together just to rent a van, a 15 passenger van. And I'm not trying to compare them, but they were so packed. Have you ever seen those little Volkswagens pull up and about 10 clowns get out of the car? He said, last count, we counted 18 coming out the back and the front and the sides. And all these kids rented the van themselves to come to church. Now, see, sometimes we get in, in a mind, that, well, am I going to go to church? Or not? These kids can't even go to church. They live so far away without the van. But they wanted to come. So what we're going to do is, is uh, really, we're, we're the family of God. We're the big brothers and the sisters that are going to take up money to be able to help these children in Cambodia. We've already given uh, Alex and Nettie uh, mission support, and we're giving them more and more, but this is a, a, a special need to get children to hear the Word of God. Some of you are here today because somebody took you to church. That could be mom and dad. You had an opportunity. When you were a child, this is an opportunity for these children, for their eternity to be changed forever and ever and ever and ever. You know, God has blessed John Miller, as I said. And, and one of the businesses that I have started is in order to give away more money. I'm just being transparent. Have you ever wanted to give away money, but you're maybe in debt or maybe you have so many obligations, you go, I just, I can't give. I'd love to give. One of my pleasures is to give. Gwen and I were on vacation. We met a, a young lady that is from the Philippines and she was going home. We were able to support her, give her some money because she's a believer and she's going home to do missions work. Wow. Now that might not light your fire until you do it. So just excite. It excites me. Another situation is a young lady that uh, I met in a coffee shop. It was an axiom. It was another coffee shop. And I, I'm talking to her and, and she says, you know, I'm going to Honduras. And I was so excited because we're a part of Honduras. And she said, um, yeah, I'm raising $8,000. And I went, 8000 Now, again, the man of faith said, that's quite a bit. <laughs> $8,000 you're raising? When, when you going next year? No, in about two weeks. Two weeks? So God began to speak to me. And, and I never really got a clear give this. But watch this. In a couple weeks, just leading up to her mission trip, she said, I can't believe it. I said, did you raise all of it? Yeah, but I, I, I raised $12,000 so far. Now, part of me goes, woo! And part of me says, God, now I don't have to give her anything. She was trying to raise $8,000. She got twelve. I see all you religious people never thought that either. So, so what happened is real quick, let me share with you. She goes to Honduras, and, and they have um, need of a refrigerator. So she's talking to the, the director, and he says, yeah, we have to drive. I'm going to drive three hours to buy a refrigerator that's broken. And then we'll get it back, and we'll have somebody, you know, that we can hopefully have it fixed. She says, good news. 
let's go down to the store and buys a brand new refrigerator for them out of that $12,000. Then she says, she shows me a picture. I mean, she's, she's only about 22 and she shows me a picture and she, they're cooking off a one burner propane, you know, deal that's about, you know, this big, this big, and it got one big old, you know, stainless steel pot on it. I don't know what they're cooking. She says, I saw that the first time and I wanted to buy him a stove. So we got him a six burner stove. Now to you guys, you go, I got a seven. I got an eight. Whatever you got. Now realize, if you cooked on a one little burner propane, what would it mean to somebody says, there's people in the United States that love you so much. Hmm. So as I told you, God said, don't give her any money right now. But when she returns, there's going to be bills that she'll have to pay that she has given her time and her vacation to. Okay, I'm only, I'm about done, so. It's kind of like the Academy Awards. They start blinking the lights. So what happens? I give her the money the, just the other day, and I said, God loves you so much. And she's like, thank you so much. I can't, I can't begin to thank you because, yes, now listen, the reason I tell you that is because you hear a lot of stories about people getting money, but it is a blessing for us that are blessed in order to be generous on every occasion. Here's the good news. The opportunity is about to arise as we exit the building. We have two good-looking men back there ready to take up your offering. And we want you to be a blessing in these situations. I want to dismiss this service today by you standing, and we'll be praying over this offering, and then we'll dismiss you. Why don't you stand with me? Gwen, you did a great job. Remember, as we continue on weeks to come, we want to encourage you to be here. It's a choice on your part. And sometimes, as we know, the hardest step in coming is the first step. So just be determined. I'm going to make that first step out of the house in the morning on Sundays to go to church. Let's pray. Father, you have blessed us in so many ways. Sometimes we take it for granted or, or Father, we do, just don't see it to, in order to be thankful. But God, today we agree that we are thankful and we believe that you are our provider. And Father, good things are on the horizon that, Father, even if we cannot see them where we are standing, God, we have faith that you're bringing them. And Father, let us be aware when you bless us and provide for us that we're thankful in that area. In your wonderful name we pray. And everybody in agreement said, Amen. 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 Thank you for coming to the chapel. You're dismissed today. <laughs>